So as we look at the Bromwell case, right, this week the lawyers representing the residents of Bromwell Street in Woodstock continued their arguments in the Western Cape High Court. The central argument was that the eviction order against the Bromwell Street tenants should be suspended until the city of Cape Town provides reasonable emergency housing. Now, they, they sold the, the, the properties, right, to new developers. And people talk about gentrification. I talk about spatial apartheid, the legacy of, of, of a divided city and of spatial apartheid planning that created this, that have put poor people out now because rich and developers' interests, right, Capital interest goes before that of the poor. What do you think? Volvo Refir, a place that these folks would have been sent to, is 29 kilometers away. If you go onto any of the, you know, related social media sites, you'll see drone footage of this very lonely place that they want to send these folks to. And Malibongo, it reminds me of those, those early township images you know, before when forced removals happened and people went to that raw place where you might have a few structures, no roads yet, that's where they want to dump these folks. Something is wrong with that. Hopalang Celebalo is joining us. Uh, Hopalang, you're in Cape Town. Why is... Yes. Uh, yes, hi, Venom. I, I see the word rugby written here. Is, is it the town? Yes. Okay, you're in the town exist. of rugby. <laughs> I was about to say, you're not playing at the Cape Town 10s. No, you? that <laughs> it actually does exist. It's a very, very small area, but yes. Yes, we know. Indofuna Kwasi is the organization that you are researcher for and Reclaim yes. the City. Can you bring yes. to everyone's attention, what is Reclaim the City? Apart from that, it, I say unashamedly, is one of my favorite yes. civic movements. Yes, um, it's a campaign, a social movement that is supported by Ndifunao Kwazi, which lends research, organizing, and legal support to reclaim the city. Reclaim the city advocates for well-located um, housing, um, housing in Cape Towns in the city, on well-located land, well-located public land and the protection, of course, of tenants and rental stock, which is where the case of Brahma would come in. When we talk about tenants, when we talk about rental stock, um, my, my mother grew up in Warme State, right up there above Wood, Woodstock. We, mm-hmm. sat, we sat there the other day um, with my mom and, and her siblings talking about growing up in that area, the council house that my grandparents have that they eventually got to own is just up the road. But for the mm. tenants of Bromwell, that wasn't the outcome to their story. They didn't get those uh, opportunities to buy. Mm-hmm. Why did mm-hmm. that never happen? Why did that never happen for them? Um, maybe can I just start off with um, a trend um, that exemplifies the case of Bromwell Street and in fact, in fact precedes it and will probably continue for a long time to come unless there is radical intervention by the state. And um, by, I'm referring to evictions here, like eviction trends. Mm. Um, as NU, uh, we've come across a number of eviction matters, particularly in Cape Towns in the city. 
as I said before, our work is focused um, on Woodstock and Seapoint, and both areas have tenants being evicted from their homes on a regular basis. Um, and in Woodstock, this is mainly due to gentrification. Um, I hope that this in part answers your question that people cannot afford <laughs> to buy, you know. Um, so private developers and individuals with money are buying up residential property and they push out uh, mainly poor and working class people who have lived in the, commu- in, in these, in the mm. houses in the community for generations. For for, for generations, for decades. Um, Auntie Brenda Smith, for example, um, is a tenant at Bromwell Street, um, and and they're being pushed out to the periphery, as you highlighted um, when we first started. Well, not just pushed out. I mean, this is relocation. Relocation. This is, this is told, you're told you're going to go live there because you can't afford to live here. Previously, we That's were right. told you're going to go live there because you're not the because right color to live here. That's right. Um, and Woodstock um, is one of the few areas that survived um, forced removals under apartheid. Yeah. Uh, unlike areas such as Tramway, District 6, um, yeah. uh, Claremont, for example. And it's, it's, it was, I don't know whether to say it's in the yeah. past or still in the present, but it was a multiracial working class community. Yeah. Um, but over the last couple of years, um, that has been eroded. And now the area is made up of middle class and affluent people. Uh, and working class people have basically been removed, uh, pushed out, I guess, for lack of a better word. So here come um, the, the new designer homes, the... Uh, unaffordable, completely yeah. unaffordable. The, the hipsters um, who, who want to, to redesign, what, what are these studio work from home uh, businesses? They yes, buy this. Yes. They buy this Markets, with, with, yes. com- with a complete disconnect to the fact that they're supporting the gentrification. But can we spin the wheels back and ask, why is a city not invested in preserving the legacy of, of such a place through the generations that have lived there? Why do we not have the kind of programs you see in New York or London Precisely. where they preserve Precisely. neighborhoods and they say, how long has your family been here? What is your, mm-hmm. your social and historic link? And can exactly. we find a way to have rent-controlled apartments or mixed housing developments so we don't lose uh, you and your, your generational link? That, um, um, I, that's a good question. And, um, I mean, that's the work, I guess, that we're advocating for, for inclusionary zoning, for there to be regulations for private developments through the city. I mean, that is the job of the city, to make sure that you protect tenants that are already residing in a particular community um, but it seems uh, the city kind of, the scales are tipped towards the um, private developers than to communities. Um, and yeah, that, that, that is one of the big campaign pushes that we have is that tenants must be protected, that finances, um, the accrual of, mm. of capital does not uh, trump you know, socioeconomic rights does not trump people, society. It, it, it quite simply, from the perspective, the historic perspective, should have been more of an issue for us than almost anywhere else because we come from an apartheid spatial legacy. That's so right. how can we sell property to the highest bidder? With, That's right. With absolute ignorance to that past. 
How can our exactly. premier, our mayor, our councillors have the, it's almost like my favourite question these days, what would Mandela do? <clears throat> would you sell away your social, your social legacy? The mm. chance to, to, to actually reconcile? Yes. Um, I mean, if we take it back to Bromo, for example, um, the city initially felt that it had uh, no obligation to provide alternative accommodation for the residents of Bromo to start off with. Um, no, no, constitu- yeah, uh, no, no legal obligation to provide residents with, with alternative accommodation, because I think their the reasoning was that it's a private, it's a, it's a matter between private individuals. So that's already the starting point, you know. Um, a city um, that has not, that does not really advocate for the protection of tenants. Um, and in the instances where there was a finally admittance that, in, in fact, the city does have a constitutional obligation to provide alternative accommodation, um, this alternative accommodation is offered in Bolvarifia, which is mm. completely inhabited, which is um, another story all on its own. Um, These are yeah. places, again, if we think in terms of how our apartheid spatial legacy these are dumping sites. Yes. These are not. This. This is not the kind of. Uh, I. I think experts would speak, even social anthropologists would now speak about the fact that a city's modern identity is so tied to its social legacies, to it appreciating, uh, the the what's it cultural microcosms, of what makes a city, what it is. And not just the mm. fact that it is um, real estate, prime mm-hmm. or, or subprime real estate. Or, in, or investment. <laughs> yeah. it, it, yes, it cannot always be around capital, money. Yeah. Um, how, how do you bring the campaign forward into the social conscience? I'm connected to it through social media. I love the fact that Chanel Commando and others are authentic, real South Africans who are fighting an injustice. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's my window on it. And I'm emotional mm-hmm. about it because I feel it's unpatriotic for a judge to be saying to someone, you're a kitchen assistant in observatory. Now you want to be an expert. I mean, uh, the acting judge's comments were um, astounding, for, for lack of a better word. Um, and one would hope that uh, even if a judge disagrees with the views of the residents of the tenants, that he would, you know, he would have or show respect, mm. <laughs> compassion, sensitivity, sensitivity. Um, and to say that because somebody works in a restaurant that they don't know anything about property, or they, that, or to talk, or the, that they can't talk about land, despite the fact that Chanel has lived in Woodstock all her life and knows the area really well, is quite um, it's it's problematic. And again, I'm using very mild words. There you are, with many others, social activists. I heard Zaki Ahmad on on this very radio station during the week expressing his feelings of how we have this disconnect to the struggles of people living in the inner city. We've lived there for many generations, some barely surviving. Yes, it is difficult. Their social conditions 
are difficult. The strains mm-hmm. on their lives. For Chanel to be earning a bit of money um, with the limited opportunities and with the other things that are stacked against her and so many others. Are we also mm-hmm. ignorant of the actual struggles in our inner city? Um, definitely there are struggles. I mean, this, this, the case of Bromwell, and there are, I'm sure there are many, exemplifies that struggle that it's just it's it's unaffordable <laughs> to be in the in the inner city but the inner city is miles other than the fact that there's a sense of community in Woodstock for example where Chanel is that there's there are social connections um it it putting the 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 challenges aside the inner city is by far better than Volverifier you know um mm. It's challenges in the in the city, or challenges in your community, a place you know, a place you grew up in, are manageable through those through that social fabric. You know, um, there there's a there's possibility of employment. Um, you're located near decent schools, um, hospitals, transport nodes. There's a way of making a plan, but to but relocate, you have, yeah. People to to even contemplate relocating people to Volverosia, yeah, that's another, yeah. And you have a social legacy. You've got you've got a history of not only growing up in an area, but all the other things that might even have tied the people who came before you. You know, Precisely. your familial Precisely. connections or your 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 even your religious or your school it's connections. Of of course, any, I mean, life isn't perfect, um, uh, but being in an area for, for generations, being born in an area, knowing that there's somebody you can call on if there's a problem, you know, knowing some, there's somebody you can call on if you need anything, um, is, is what makes those challenges bearable or gets you through those challenges. But to be removed to a place, um, that is basically in the middle of nowhere with people you don't know, uh, far from transport nodes, far from schools, far from hospitals, um, where the residents who stay there currently are struggling, you know, just just to never mind survive, just w- with the psychology of the area. And I'm talking about Volverifia here, yeah. is, is something else. Hopalang Salabalo is with us, researcher at Indufuna Kwasi. Um, at NU, Hopalang, do you find now you are building a serious case um, about this this social issue? How do you present not only the Bromwell and Seapoint experiences to those in, in places of influence? Are politicians, local local leaders, councillors, are they listening? Are they paying attention? Um, I, I definitely think so. Um, in the past year that we've um, been involved with Reclaim the City, providing that support, there's definitely been a shift in conversation, in rhetoric, I guess, um, in discourse, for like, yeah, for the, mm-hmm. to use a better word, around affordable housing, um, around using public land for housing, you know, about well-located housing. Um, and I think Bromwell starts a conversation about protecting the rights of tenants as well as the duties of, of the state in providing, or the city in this case, uh, in providing alternative accommodation. I definitely do think that the, 
discourse has changed, both to the general public and also I, to those to decision makers with decision makers. Patricia DeLille recently used the term spatial apartheid, recently said she was sensitive to it, um, but also recently resigned uh, from a position of power in the city. Right. right. How do you contextualize, yes, they're aware of it, they hear the noise that you're making, Mm -hmm. but do they balance it out with action? Is there a plan in this city? And let me remind everyone, you can call in, 021-446-0567. Has there been a document, a study, something produced around affordable housing? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot said <laughs> about affordable housing, definitely. Um, the mayor referred to the foreshore precinct, uh, which is located right in the heart of the city. Um, I think in around August last year, and it's been kind of an ongoing uh dialogue, I guess, since then about creating affordable housing there. Um, Councillor Brett Heron in the last couple of weeks has talked about social housing in Woodstock. But this is not the first time that these conversations have happened, particularly around social housing in Woodstock. It dates back a, a couple of years, a good couple of years. So yes, we can talk. There have been many documents produced even from or, or published from a couple of years ago. But until, you know, keys are handed over, um, it doesn't really mean anything. When Patricia DeLille says she has a new group, she calls this the Organizational Development and Transformation Plan, Mm -hmm. which wants to address poor conditions in the inner city and wants to bring affordable housing and a new state of social existence. Those are big terms. That's a yeah. that's a big outlook. Yeah. Who else do you do you guys associate maybe that type of partnership with beyond the political sphere? Does anyone speak about this in the context of of you know the capital that flows through the city, the big brands that that have placed their offices and and are staffing the 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 profitable businesses with those who come from the Cape Flats year to work. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever spoken to you from the commercial sector? Wow, uh, not really, <laughs> not not really. Um, no, actually, wouldn't it, uh, seem, kind of been... wouldn't it seem strange that they're avoiding such a conversation? I guess they feel they they have a lot to lose which is a problem. This is where the state would come in. This is where those, uh, that, that intervention is necessary to cap that capital, you know, to cap that commercialization, to make sure that it does not, or development, it, it, that it doesn't come at the price of, at the cost of people, you know, which is exactly what's happening in Woodstock, that the, the, the price, the penalty is... Um, a, com- a complete reconfiguration of a, of a community, um, whereas the state could play a very active role in making sure that that doesn't happen. So Patricia DeLille has established the Transport and Urban Development Authority, combining the functions of transport, urban development, and elements of human settlements, and I'm quoting mm-hmm. this from the article, into one mm-hmm. sphere 
of control with the aim of reversing the effects of apartheid spatial planning. Now, for the uninitiated, apartheid spatial planning means it costs more for a poor or struggling working-class person to come from the places where he, she, their families had been placed long, long, you know, back in the day during, during force removals for a long time in what you might romantically want to call a township. And for that person to travel on taxi, train, and bus to a job in the inner city costs them more than, than is imaginable, sometimes up to 60% of their earnings. Hopelong, in, in creating this new transport and urban development authority, is that not the beginnings of a partnership with organizations like, like yours? Um. Um, we have two minds about it. Um, of course, um, it is important to create like a better transport system along the corridors. But with this plan, um, there, there is a lot of focus on transport and very little on human settlements. Um, again, the, the, the scales are tipped, you know, with transport taking the front and center. Mm. as opposed to human settlement. So then the the idea then becomes we will create better transport to settle people in and out of the city as opposed to we will bring people <laughs> into the city to reside permanently. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um Well she so claims there will be new developments that will 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 start um in a way, eliminating that, that kind of spatial planning. But I hear you, you can't suddenly bring back two million people who are forcefully removed and live in areas that are the legacies of, of forced removal. You can't change that social condition that quickly. AB has called us from Mitchell's Plain. Hopalang Salabalo is with us. She's in Rugby, Cape Town. I still want to know where Rugby is. Is it just... It's just next to Milnerton. I was about to say... Is it just yeah. off? I always feel like rugby is 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 Milnerton towards Bloberg, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, yeah, and then and then okay. Milnerton, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, well, well, now we know where rugby is. AB yeah. is in Mitchell's Plain. AB, you want to talk about Bromwell Street? And anyone who's joining us, yes, we're talking about Bromwell Street, the rights of the tenants of Bromwell Street. And if you don't know the story. People who have lived there for a long time, one WhatsApper says it, I think, very succinctly, A.B., people who have lived in rundown conditions in Woodstock have paid landlords lots of money, are now going to be removed from that area and placed outside of the city because the land has been sold and the city is going to make money or the landlord's going to make money. A.B., Welcome. Thank you very much, Mr. Vernon, and your guest. Yes, you know, in this stage, you know, it's very upsetting for me hearing things like this happen, still happen, you know. Uh, big is me coming from that background when we chucked out trash in my, in my lifetime. But it's not only uh, Bromwell Street. This is still a phenomenon, still a, a, a especially in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And you go, uh, have you been to Blakey's daughter, uh, uh, Mr. Vernon? No, but I have seen pictures I, of it. Gosh, gosh, gosh. 
I don't even to speak about our African uh, townships, Kaya because I'm staying here in Mitzulsplein. I, uh, I go there a, a lot in that area. But be it as may, you know, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm a South African, and I don't want to be harsh to anybody. We must try to uplift and find some solutions to this problem that's still facing us of discrimination and what have you. Especially as a Muslim, I personally, as Muslims, we are being so slandered. I think we must take the initiative to try and overthrow this world of racism and phobia. I'm hardly educated, but it's high time that guy or, or, or Trump. Maybe we can kind of get, uh, get better uh, mm-hmm. the way forward because it, it can either get uh, worse or it can get better, especially for our so-called black, uneducated, uh, ignorant people, um, which I uh, happen to fall under. Coming back to my point, you know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, who is even even this present day, who is getting the most benefit of so-called uh, enticing foreign uh, investment in South Africa? Who is getting the benefit? Mostly the people that uh, discriminated and uh, and put us in, in this uh, in this uh, uh, disadvantaged position. They still getting. You, th- you think uh, might be a few uh, like uh, 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 the miners there, one or two mm-hmm. or three of them getting uh, getting rich. But the uh, uh, majority of the, of the black people in country, we still getting and we still getting chucked. No, so but bring it back to Bromwell for me, Ab. Yeah, so you yeah, believe in Bromwell? The, the person benefiting, and I'll ask Hopalong in a moment, who really is benefiting there, who owns that property. Yeah. But A.B., uh, what's your perception? Yeah, now, now, my uh, point, and I've been thinking about this, no? like Volvo Club and uh, uh, Blackisdor, I suppose uh, 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 the, 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 the population is growing, and we've got to go, uh, no, but put the condition, this government put, uh, put the condition to this. Okay, you want to move those people. But these people that want to invest here, we are going to force you to put uh, industries in that area. Okay. So and, you... and, and then the people can, uh, can improve themselves. But there's no use going dumb people. Have you seen that soil there? You can hardly grow anything in there. In, even again, I watched, I watched the drone footage. But, A.B., I'm also the person who doesn't celebrate the term township. Thank you for your call, A.B. You can do the same thing. On 021-446-0567. Hopalang, who benefits here? Is it one owner who, who privately owns the land in Bromwell? Um, no, so it's been bought, it's been, uh, bought by an entity, a group. Um, I think it's run by three people called the Woodstock Hub. Um, the intention there is to, as far as I know, build residential um property, uh, apartment blocks. Uh, but they bought off. this from a, a landowner who owned the the the, the tenant housing. Yes, oh. yes. So 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 the, so it was bought. So the row houses were bought by the Woodstock Hub. Um, and how long did that no, it, that landowner was it? The landowner of the city before. Um, it, it was it was the owner. Um, I think his name was Mr. Uh, Mr. Sims, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yes. Um, so he sold the houses in 2013, if I remember correctly, to the Woodstock Hub, and the Woodstock Hub intends to build like an, a, a complex, like a residential complex, yeah. in in um, where the houses are. Um, again, I just want to connect that. Uh, 
with 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 the role of the states, right? Um, this is a, this would have been an opportunity to provide affordable housing on one of those levels, right? That's what would have made the most sense to make sure that you don't dislocate people. Yeah. You don't. Uh, you don't. You, you, you don't dislocate people. So like the kind of interventions you've seen in London and New York precisely, and other places where, where the city, I think it's called the City Development Authority, steps in. They start negotiating with the developer who's bought. There's even legislation about if there are old tenants on the plot is a certain way that you deal with them. This is, this is all like global best practice because precisely. of what had happened in the the slumlord um, errors of um, his dad was one. Donald Trump's father back in the day bought up a lot of uh, old New York and they traded it among so-called slumlords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the idea would be then to, to yeah, as a form of inclusionary zoning, I think mm. is one of the other laws within New York as well. Um, so it, there could have been an intervention, or there could be interventions. It could be. It's just um, the city, I think, has has. I think it was the 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 Mako member for Human Settlements at one stage had said Benedict Van Minen, uh, Councillor Van Minen had said that they don't interfere in market forces, and that there is the problem. <laughs> that, that is the distinct problem, because what you're not doing is preserving our social cultural legacy. And our constitutional belief in in a in a country for all, somewhere yeah. that I don't know, somewhere I love the word Trump, somewhere that trumps money. Annie yeah. is in Musenberg. Annie sent us a wonderful WhatsApp. <coughs> Annie, it's so nice to speak to you. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, Vernon. Um, I think that. Um, I've I've just relocated from Johannesburg to Cape Town, and I am a Cape Townian. But I've been watching the area of Woodstock with interest because all along there were all these little shops, shoemakers, furniture shops, second-hand furniture shops, carpenters, all little shops. So there's a a strange contradiction happening. There's this constant talk of um, small businesses. You've got to be an entrepreneur. There have been hundreds of people in the, in the old Woodstock, as one could say, that have continued their little businesses where you could find bargains, where you knew people, etc. But slowly, yeah. cafes and smart cafes and the in place to be now in cafes and bistros is in Woodstock. And all those little shops, <coughs> owners who have been there for decades paying rent to the landlord mm. have been shifted out. And no one has taken notice of the fact that that man, that woman has had a family and brought up kids and all that life has happened there. And they've all been shifted out. Life right? and business, like you say. Yep. Yep. Has been family business. Yeah. And if you drive like I did the other day up and down the streets of Woodstock because I was looking for a paint shop, a lot of the properties are pretty run down. Mm. But... People have continued to live there and have continued to pay landlords when Woodstock was untouchable. Mm. Yeah, and, and they no, put they put down, into that economy. Um, they, they, they sustained it. They, they, they have kept the economy mm. going of Woodstock when no one would touch Woodstock. Now we talk about those 
Annie, we talk about those microeconomies, and I'll tell you, I think one evening um, a, a publicist whose name I won't mention um, and I got into a massive debate. I think the woman was going to punch me because I had a big issue with a place called the Biscuit Mill, and I don't care if they sue me or not. And I said, how can you have this so-called creative hub, this place of, of um, slow food, and I don't know what else they call it. We usually just call it my mother's cooking. Um, you have all of that. You have all of that. Yeah, and I mean, they call it slow food. I, I can introduce you to my aunties. They've been cooking like that for generations. Exactly. Right, but, but they, they say they've got this, this amazing little hub of, of creative, uh, bespoke this and, and custom that. And I go, well, look down the road and you can meet 50 bespoke tailors who've most probably been tailoring since they were 14 years old because their fathers taught them. Or you can meet ladies who can cut you a piece of cloth or show you, um, you know, what you need to add to garments because they worked in the factories down the road here. Why don't you have the local, if I could call it what you're calling it, the local artisan incorporate, incorporated into your, your exactly. biscuit mill? So when I walk in, I know that that person was brought in because they are a local practitioner from the area and they don't have to pay you the bloody expensive rate to be here. Yeah, it can have a And I nearly got slapped for that. There can be a cross-subsidization of rents and things. But I'm just but thinking, why can't you absorb or assimilate that into your little hipsterville? And what has happened to integrated human settlements? Wasn't that what the 2004 housing policy was all about? Sure. To I'm integrate? Sure. I'm sure for, uh, for Hopalong it's just another... Uh, it must be uh, <laughs> just another bag of wind from the politicians. Um, yeah. I just want to refer to what you, um, Vernon and Annie, are just talking about in terms yeah. of uh, small business owners. But will you hold that thought? Uh, we have got to sure. pay the bills. Otherwise, you know, we don't get to do this. <laughs> I know. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that a complete contradiction? We've got to do some ads. Annie, will you stay with us? Please. Okay. okay, just okay, for a moment. Thanks. And then um, Hopalang Celebalo is in Rugby Cape Town. Yes, Rugby Cape Town. She's from Indifuna, Kwasi. We'll be talking about Bromwell Street, talking about affordable housing. And yeah, I nearly got slapped, guys, for questioning the biscuit mall. Hopalang Celebalo is with us. She's a researcher with Indifuna, Kwasi. I hope I'm saying it right. And Hopalang, you were talking about the economic component yes i was getting all flustered again because i remember an argument about the biscuit mill and assimilating local practitioners and artisans and they were telling me no we already have a trickle down into the local economy now i was going what the car guards <laughs> no, we, um, just exactly what you were talking about and what annie um actually brought up around um uh, small business owners in the area of Woodstock. Um, that's what that's what has been there for forever. Um, I want to refer to a new development called the Woodstock Exchange, which isn't too far from the old biscuit mill. On um, I think it's called Albert Road in Woodstock, um, and it takes up quite a big section. And I think there's still two and three coming. So far, Woodstock Exchange One exists. 
Um, and there were people that had like small businesses, I think like mm. hand, uh, bag making, like a, a bag making business and a few other things. And they've been they've been evicted. They've been handed eviction notices. I think in December last year. But this development is meant to be, you know, residential business. All of that, you know, artisanal. But all the words bespoke. All those words that you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that you pay extra not, rands for. <laughs> exactly. But like, not. But um, the the the. the how um, the, the, the small business owners are not incorporated into this new development is a mystery. And these are the issues. These are the problems. Are the so not just residential. It's not, it, it, it's not just residential that goes to the small businesses as well. And people having to close shop because they can't even afford, they can't afford the rent and they can't afford to be yeah. in the area anymore. Yeah. I really want to challenge that. Um, um, Mahali, you've heard me now. I would love to talk to someone next week about this dynamic economy, you know, the micro-enterprise, how it gets pushed out. This so-called smart design capital city that can't even incorporate the legacy micro-enterprise, that should actually be the most attractive thing you find in a city. Not the bearded weirdos that make beer uh, in in 50 million flavors. Annie, how, how... does it distress you or, or are we just all just overpassionate social activists? Do we not get the the capitalism of it all? The, the... It, it just seems to me that that there are these trends that happen. So now mm. the trend is towards Woodstock and what gets lost, what gets pushed out, what gets destroyed doesn't seem to matter. Mm. The whole social fabric is being destroyed in that area and these are people who are probably not just living there for decades but their grandparents and their great-grandparents and they stayed when when all the rats left the ship they (laughs) stayed it's true in the worst conditions (laughs) gimpy street the the gang the gang culture the fact that like i said my family grew up just across the road and they were spared as hopalung um, described it. They could buy their council homes in warm estate, but the people in Woodstock, as you're saying, lived in existence of paying slumlords, landlords who never improved the buildings yes. or anything like that. Yeah. And now and that there's those, interest, those landlords have gotten fat. Yeah. On those small rentals, but little bit, little bit, and you, you have a, quite a huge sum of like, money. Like the, the Trumps the did in New York. Yeah. Go read the books. Annie Musenberg, it has been fantastic to speak to you. Welcome back to Thank Cape you. Town. And, Cape Town needs I more wish, of you. Uh, hop along all the best. <laughs> okay. No, no, we're going to be that. next to her, Annie. I expect to see you at all the protests. Come join I'll us. I'll be there. I'll be there. Fantastic. See, <laughs> hop along. I recruited someone. Um, I hope this helps in the organization. It does. Okay, it gets does. me a, hopefully the more a. People we have, the better. Yeah. Get Hopefully. And, and you know what? This is about the caring Cape Town, the true Cape Town. We wish you all the strength. I know that, I mean, I could reclaim the city on my Facebook. Um, Indifuna is on its own website. I had it before. I know I'm going to get it again. 
and the Funo Quasi has its own website. Exciting. You'll right. go to nu.org.za. That's right. Um, also a Facebook page, also mm. um, on Twitter as well, to follow on what's going on. Um, and yes, and just, I guess, support the campaign supports the mm-hmm. residents of Bromwell. We're currently waiting for the judgment. Um, yeah. It was a very difficult two days, uh, but uh, hopefully justice will prevail. I actually hopefully think the judge, I think the judge did us all a favor. He reminded everyone of the insensitivity, the disconnection to really the, the soul of this issue by being who, who he was in his insensitive moment. Um, I I definitely think that he reaffirmed or at least affirmed the perception that justice is for some and not others. Um, and the some usually uh, have money and power, and the others are just ordinary citizens without tools or resources for expensive lawyers. Um, so he... Those comments drove home... Well, those comments were something else altogether. Um, but just uh, the, the the way of being was just, um, I think, just reaffirmed people's skepticism mm. around the judiciary. And please, people, and don't transformation there. Go to nu.org.za. Hop along. Thank you so much. Please, folks, reclaim the city.